Welcome to the Hope's Reason Podcast. My name is Stephen Bedard, and my goal is to help you become a better disciple and leader within the Kingdom of God. In this episode of Hope's Reason, a podcast of discipleship, I'm happy to have Andrew Walsh sharing with us, and he's going to be talking to us a little bit about uh, faith and science and life origins, and I'd like to uh, welcome you here, uh, Andrew, or do you prefer Andy? Andy's fine, and thanks for having me. Okay, well, great to have you, Andy. Uh, could you, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in science? Sure. So, I started uh, my interest in science pretty young. I guess uh, I learned pretty early that I was one of the, the smart kids in school, and so when, you, you know, when you're a smart kid, the sciences and math and those sorts of things are the areas that you're supposed to be interested in. And it uh, came pretty naturally to me. It seemed like a good fit. Um, I transitioned out of you know the very early childhood interest in being a police officer when you know there's only about half a dozen careers that you can imagine having uh, to thinking, well, there are these uh, I, I'm not sure I want to run around and, and arrest people and so forth, but uh, there are these police officers who do science who do you know uh, crime scene investigation and DNA testing, and that sounds interesting, so I could be a scientific police officer, and then I lost interest in the police officer and uh, things, and got interested in, in just the science. Um, I remember uh, reading an issue of Discover Magazine uh, when I was probably in about junior high, and uh, reading about HIV and AIDS for the first time, and reading about how the virus uh, infected the cells of the immune system. And that really got me interested in infectious diseases in particular and and, uh, treating infectious diseases, how they worked, how viruses interacted with your body. It all was just fascinating to me. And so that really got me hooked on what would eventually be uh, my career. Uh, So I studied biology as an undergraduate, uh, just a general biology degree, went on to graduate school, at a school of public health to focus specifically on the infectious disease biology. Uh, so I was in a program where we, where we looked at both uh, the public health of infectious diseases and also the molecular biology of the viruses and bacteria and, and parasites that cause those diseases. Uh, while I was there, I picked up some uh, statistical uh, expertise as well or experience. Uh, and so I was able to use that to transition into a postdoc in sort of computational biology of infectious diseases, looking at how viruses evolve over time in response to the immune system and in response to drug treatment and to vaccines, Uh, looking at how to improve uh, vaccine development using statistical methods and computational methods. And from there, I got the job that I currently have uh, with a company called Health Monitoring Systems, and we do public health, we do syndromic surveillance for public health uh, departments across the country. And so that's uh, been a, a neat intersection of getting to apply my public health background, my interest in, in the biology of diseases and the, the medicine of diseases and also the statistical analysis that I learned in graduate school and as postdoc. Uh, 
uh, in analyzing the data that we collect on behalf of public health and being able to help them know when they might need to investigate that problem. Uh, could you uh, share with us your official job title? Sure. So I am currently the chief science officer at Health Monitoring Systems. We're a, a small startup uh, size software company, and so we get to be a little bit creative with our job titles. Yes, well, I love that title of uh, chief science officer. As a fellow Star Trek fan, that's that's wonderful. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast was to talk about um, origins of life. Uh, recently on the podcast, we had an interview with another person uh, with a a different position. And I was wondering if you would share with us your understanding of how life developed on Earth. Sure. So uh, I would say that I uh, subscribe to the or or affirm the the position of uh, mainstream evolutionary biology. And so life started uh, once upon a time with uh, some kind of organism uh, that was perhaps a, a self-replicating uh, DNA or RNA molecule or perhaps some sort of uh, metabolic pathway. Uh, there's still a lot of open questions in that particular part of, of evolutionary biology. But somehow some chemistry uh, was happening, and, and chemistry happens all the time in, in the world. And so some particular uh, chemistry reactions began to uh, self-catalyze or, or catalyze each other so that they could continue, and that would eventually become encased in or encapsulated in a membrane, and that would have been the first uh, kinds of cells, most likely. Those cells would have uh, continued to divide and change over time and eventually develop the ability to uh, work together in in different capacities with different functions so that um, multiple cells could elaborate as as a multicellular organism. And those organisms would continue to change and evolve over time, adapting to different environmental conditions, changing the environment uh, themselves in, in the process. So that uh, continual feedback loop would have created all of the diversity that we currently see in life um, on the planet now. And I would include uh, human beings as part of that process as well, that we were developed through that process of, of change over time and selection and all the things that go into uh, modern evolutionary biology to produce uh, the, the human beings that we are today. Now, uh, Andy, you're a Christian, so my, my next question that comes to mind is, what role does God play in the process of evolution? So that's a great question, and a lot of people have different answers to that, and uh, you know, I think it's hard to know the d- definitive answer to that. Some people imagine that God is... Um, guiding that process in some fashion so that, you know, the, the core of, of that process would be, or one of the essential parts of that process would be mutations, and so that God is periodically uh, intervening to uh, guide the direction that those mutations go in. Um, I prefer to uh, think of it in a more holistic sense, that God is always interacting with his creation, and that uh the creation responds to him in different ways and uh, has been given freedom to respond to him in different ways. And that through that process, that is uh, how evolution proceeds. And so our our natural or scientific description of that um, doesn't exclude God. That is just the description of, of how God interacts with his creation. And so it's not that God is sometimes picking certain mutations um, and not others, um, but that 
there is this uh, interaction between God and nature all the time. And I would, I would describe the same thing going on in terms of you know, planetary motion and atoms and all of the different aspects of the natural world, that that's all part of um, the ongoing interaction between God and his creation. And so when the Bible talks about you know, God sustaining the, the world with his hands, that that's what it's describing and that we're learning more about what that looks like as we continue to investigate with science. Now, what strengths do you think your position has over some of the others? Because as you know, uh, Christians fall on numerous uh, points. And uh, just why do you think that uh, the idea of, uh, let's call it theistic evolution, uh, over, say, uh, a different kind of position, maybe young earth creation or, or old earth creation? Yeah, so I would say uh, from a scientific perspective, it allows uh, Christians to uh, interact with uh, scientists uh, who maybe aren't of the faith in a way that uh, minimizes what's asked of them to enter into that conversation. Um, that, you know, asking them to set aside the, their understanding of, of how biology works and how science can speak to, what kinds of questions science can speak to, and how it can answer those questions. We're not asking them to, uh, or I'm not asking them to set that aside in any way or change that in any way in order to be able to engage with uh, Christian faith and Christian theology. I, so I see it as having uh, fewer hurdles in that respect for uh, for evangelical or just kind of outreach and, and sharing uh, our lives together. Um, I also have found it, as I've, as I've embraced this perspective uh, over time, I found it also to be helpful in understanding certain aspects of uh, theology and, and of ideas from the Bible. So one of the things that I feel we learn from evolutionary biology is that the essence of something is not expressed in a single idealized version of it, um, but that it's expressed in the whole range of possibilities that embrace that uh, or that are within that category. So when we talk about species, for example, um, if you want to talk about the, the you know, human species or if you want to talk about uh, dogs, for example, there's no one uh, you know, sort of platonic ideal dog. There are all kinds of dogs with a range of traits, and everybody has their different kinds of dogs that they like. And, and so the, the category of dog is best understood through the full expression of, of that diversity, not through some kind of idealized single entity that perhaps can't even be realized uh, in, re in reality. And I think that's a helpful way of thinking about our Christian faith as well, that, that the best understanding of what the body of Christ looks like is, in, is its expression in the whole range of possibilities. Um, expanding on the, the illustration that Paul uses, right, and that each of us have different contributions and that the fullness of the church is realized through that diversity. The same kind of idea is, is expressed in evolutionary biology as well. And then the, another concept that we take from evolutionary biology is the idea that if you want to find the range of that expression, find the range of diversity that is a possible in a given category, that you have to explore different environments, see what, uh, what you look like in different environments or what that, uh, what that situation looks like in different environments. And so um, we see throughout Scripture the question of, what is the kingdom of God like and who is the kingdom of God for? 
starting with you know Adam encountering Eve in the Garden of Eden for the first time, and he has to you know can think for himself: Is the kingdom of God for this woman too that I've never seen the like of before? To uh, the nation of Israel interacting with uh, the people around it, to Abraham. Um, uh, I'm getting out of order there. I apologize, but uh, you know to Israel and then uh, the uh, Jews. Uh, meeting and interacting with the Gentiles, is constantly this question of, is the kingdom of God for them too? And the answer from Scripture, to me, is always a resounding yes. And so understanding uh, what the kingdom of God looks like, the fullness of the kingdom of God involves putting in those different contexts and seeing how it is expressed in those different contexts. And so being able to think in terms of uh, evolutionary biology has provided me with a vocabulary and with some some mental concepts, mental concepts to think about those ideas a little bit more precisely or a little bit more concretely, and, and it helps me to think about how I can apply that as well, and, and how I can how I should be interacting and, and uh, sharing the kingdom of God with with people around me. Well, I appreciate you uh, you sharing that. Now, one one of the things that comes up very often, both from um, from Christians and non-Christians is this idea that there's a, a conflict between faith and science. And do you see that there is indeed a conflict, or uh, have you been able to work through that in your own life? Sure. So obviously, uh, empirically, I see that uh, there is conflict in terms of different people uh, disagreeing, um, folks that, that might be Christian, I'm saying that there are different aspects of science that are not compatible with their Christian faith. Uh, scientists uh, or folks who, who uh, put themselves forward as representatives of science saying that you know, religion in general or Christianity in particular is not compatible. So obviously I observe that. For myself personally, I don't feel as if there are conflicts in terms of ideas or in terms of what science uh, what science we should accept uh, based on the data and what science you know, we shouldn't accept, or what conclusions we shouldn't uh, draw empirically. Um, there might be certain ethical questions of how to do certain kinds of research or what applications we might use or might develop from uh, particular scientific research that as a Christian I might have a different perspective on than, than someone else who wasn't a Christian. And that's, a, that's an area where there might seem to be some tension or, or conflict. Um, I, I can't think of uh, anything that has affected me personally in that regard, but there are certain kinds of, of biological research on uh, you know, human embryos, for example, or on gene editing, where as a Christian I might be inclined to be more conservative about how we, how we go about that research. Or other Christians might, you know, feel strongly about those kinds of things, and others folks might see it as well. You know, we're, whatever science can tell us, we need to find out, and, and so forth. Um, so that that's an area where I might recognize a little bit more tension. But in terms of, you know, the conclusions of, uh, you know, evolutionary biology, or the conclusions of Big Bang cosmology, or any of those topics that, that tend to come up first in, in such a conversation, uh, I don't feel like there's any tension. In fact. I've been reading a number of books uh, by atheist scientists um, that were written you know, largely to describe science as they understand it, but with some amount of 
an intent of dissuading people from from a Christian faith or from religion in general. Um, you know, books with titles like The God Problem. And I find that actually, once I get past the first few introductory paragraphs about why this particular person has chosen not to have a religious faith, that reading the science uh, parts of the book uh, actually enrich my faith. I find myself coming across new ideas that help me uh, read the scriptures in a new way. The same way as I was talking about those concepts from evolutionary biology, um, in all different areas of science, from mathematics to physics to uh, computer science, uh, I, I find that learning the more I learn about science, the more it gives me a vocabulary to talk about and think about scriptures in new ways that are helpful and that uh, for me personally, help me to engage more with it and, and want me uh, help me to want to dig in more and, and learn more and study more as opposed to uh, turning me off from it or uh, even leaving me doubting or wanting to walk away from my faith because of what I've been learning about science. Well, this has been great. I really have appreciated uh, you sharing uh, both from the uh, the scientific perspective but also your, your personal experience as well. Now, if someone wanted to find out more about uh, your position, uh, where would you send them? Where What resources would be a good place to start? Sure. Uh, so I personally write a blog every Wednesday for the Emerging Scholars Network of University Christian Fellowship. So you can find that at blog.emergingscholars.org. And I, every Wednesday morning, my posts go up. I'm actually uh, somewhat serendipitously intending to start a series on evolutionary biology this coming Wednesday uh, based on some questions that I've been receiving from readers over the past few months. So you can look uh, for that and then you can find there in the archives of the blog my thoughts on a whole bunch of scientific topics including some past posts on evolution. Uh, in terms of uh, a wider range of resources, i found that uh, the BioLogos organization it's founded by uh, Francis Collins, currently the head of the, the National Institutes of Health here in the United States, uh, is, a, is a great resource uh, on the perspective of evolutionary uh, creation, or evolutionary creationism is, is how they like to, to phrase it. Uh, so they have lots of good re- resources. Their website is biologos.org. Um, I was also uh, fond, of, or continue to be fond, of the writings of John Polkinghorne. Uh, he was one of the first scientists who I read as a, as a college student uh, that helped me to see a wider range of perspectives on scientific engagement with uh, Christian faith. And so I would, I would recommend any of his books as well. He's, uh, he's a physicist by training, and so his interests go beyond evolutionary biology, but he's certainly someone who uh, is comfortable in affirming evolutionary biology as a, as a history of the world and engaging with some of the theological questions that come up because of that. So thank you very much, uh, Andy, for spending some time with us. And pray that uh, God continues to bless you in your work and all of the things that you're doing. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Hope's Reason podcast. You can find this episode and many other resources at my website, hopesreason.com. And please consider supporting this podcast at my Patreon page, patreon.com slash hopesreason. Thank you and God bless.